0: This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Durenda. Hey,
1: everyone. Welcome to episode 135 of the Laravel News Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Thanks also to our sponsor, Scout APM, which you're going to hear about a little bit later in the show today. They are an application performance monitoring tool designed to help you with uh, your performance issues without having to deal with the headache of big, huge enterprise platform stuff. So we're going to talk about them a little bit later, but uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, got a lot of good stuff here. Got some crazy changes with release scheduling going on and we've got parallel testing we got all sorts of fun goodies for you today so mr drinda how are you my friend
0: i am well a little bit tired and not not self-inflicted this time liv has um she's teething at the moment and so oh yes last night last night not too bad but the the last few nights she's sort of been up and down three four times a night which is which has been a bit challenging between the two of us, and then you know Eli gets up and he's ready to go, and then yeah, <laughs> the engine doesn't stop.
1: Eli just reminds me of like my littlest or my oldest, I guess. When he was little, yeah, he'd wake up and be like, whenever he woke up, it was just like go time. Mm-hmm. Like there is no concept of of like time. Yeah. It wasn't like, hey buddy, it's four thirty in the morning. Didn't matter. Yeah, doesn't just ready matter. To go. Like I'm awake. It is wake time. Mm-hmm. That's what he used to call it. Wake time. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He like gets yep. up. And it's goes, go time.
0: Let's go, dad. He gets up. Wake up. I slept two hours. Sometimes when we put him down for his nap, I don't know where this came from, this two hours thing, but sometimes we go to put him down for a nap and he won't, like he doesn't want a nap. So you go in there 10 minutes later and he's like, I wake up now. I sleep two hours. But you didn't, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't even close your eyes, let alone sleep. Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. Oh my. Yes. The
0: joys of nap
1: time. Mm-hmm. I think my youngest is about done with naps. So we can't. The other night I was up with him till midnight. He didn't want to go to sleep. Just did not, Mm-mm. would not go to sleep. And he was, I think it was because he took a nap that day. So it was like, we're not doing naps anymore because <laughs> we're going to have to pay for it. right? Yeah. So it's like not happening anymore. So anyway, anyway, anyway. Hey, listen, let's jump into it. Level 8.23 released. So this was on January 19th. So it was released with a new soul query builder method throw if and to throw in less and the latest changes in the 8x branch so here we go soul was added to the query builder which was described in the initial pull request as follows let's see here it will return the only record if that matches the criteria if no records found a records not found exception will be thrown and if multiple records are found a multiple records found exception will be thrown so instead of just first which would return a null Uh, You have this soul, which will throw an exception if it's not found instead of having to do first or what is that? I guess this first or fail does something like that. Right. Uh, But first or fail will not fail if you have more than one of the same record. Right. So soul will do that. Right. So if you say soul, it means there should be one and only one record that matches Mm -hmm. this. And if not, then it will throw one of two exceptions, records not found or multiple records. So it was initially contributed by Muhammad Syed. And uh, also received other updates by Mior, Muhammad Zaki, and Rodrigo Pedra Brum. So you can see the release notes on that one and the commits and the pull request related to that feature. There was also a default parameter added to throw if and throw unless. So throw if and throw unless are not new. Uh, what they do right now is if you say throw if, the first parameter is a truthy value. If it's true, it doesn't do anything. If it's false. Uh, the next parameter is what it will do, which it will throw a new exception for you. With the new PR, uh, what it will do.
0: So currently, or pre- prior to this change, you had throw if, then your truth test, and then you would have to right. pass like a new runtime ex- exception. With After sure. this, you just pass the message and it will throw the exception for you.
1: I guess. Yeah. So that would just throw like a default exception. It will
0: throw a runtime exception. Always. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a runtime error, right? And then, so you could either pass the message. If the message is an existing class, that would be used as the exception. So if the second parameter is, for example, a logic exception, it will throw a logic exception instead of a runtime exception. Interesting. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, so it just by default sets or um, uses the new runtime exception, mm-hmm. right? Ability to pass a message as a second parameter instead of the actual exception. Okay. Sure. That's fair. I guess that makes sense. Uh, I use this, I find I use, I, what's your, what are your thoughts on um, custom exceptions? Bobby, uh, what's his name? Bobby Bowman, is that, mm-hmm. his name? is that his name? He just did a talk at Lara County U about exceptions. I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I saw the title and I was like, oh, this seems interesting. Um, do you guys use custom exceptions very much? Not really. Um,
0: no. I mean, I do more so from a from a code perspective, like named named exceptions as opposed to, mm-hmm. you know, Custom exceptions having any significant meaning. Typically I try and avoid exceptional circumstances. I don't, you know, I want to be somewhere. I, I, I want to have an understanding of the code path. So I'm not gonna throw an exception because if you're throwing an exception, it's not really exceptional. It's like you know that it's gonna be there so you can handle that. Throwing an exception only to then have custom handling for it doesn't make heaps of sense to me. And it depends. In well in so the context like, yeah, of like that's a good packages. It makes sense because you're not the one that's responsible hmm. for handling those exceptional circumstances inside that's applications. Great. That's a good point. Yeah. Inside applications that I build. Well, yeah, I just going to handle it because there's no point throwing an unhandled exception exception. If I know that there's a possibility for that to happen, I'm just going to handle that case because it's not unhandled if I know about it.
1: So like if you, and I know we're getting off topic here. So I think the reason why I do it in, in a lot of instances is to kind of cut through a couple layers without having to return things back. Mm hmm. So if I just want to like say I'm like two layers deep or three layers deep and I'm just want to like cut and pop all the way back out to the top layer, I'll just throw an exception and then I'll catch it at the very top. So I don't have to worry about handling anything in between. I just know that like and in my test, I could just say, oh, I knew I threw an exception and then there I go. No problem. Huh. Interesting though. Interesting. Okay. Well, hey, listen, that's it for all of that. That's all the stuff there was in 8.22, 8.23. Mm-hmm. They have some notes in here straight from the change log uh, to along with the PRs. They can give you a little bit more context if you're looking for that. Thanks again to Mr. Paul Redmond. That is 8.23. What else we got in Laravel 8 here, Mr. Dorinda?
0: Starting with Laravel 8.25, there is now the ability, first-party support for parallel testing. With the built-in artisan test command, you can now pass a dash-dash parallel flag. And this will allow you to run your tests simultaneously across multiple processes, which will significantly speed up the time required to run your entire suite. So we've seen since this was announced, that originally this was some something that Nuno Maduro was working on and was going to go into Laravel 9. Laravel 9 has been deferred until September, and we'll talk a little bit more about the new release process for Laravel later on in the show. So they, they worked, the Laravel team worked hard to backport this functionality in a backwards compatible way into laravel version 8 and so describing in the release notes as you may know laravel and php unit execute your tests sequentially within a single process however a single process doesn't use multiple cores and therefore your test execution is severely bottlenecked to mitigate this issue we laravel are excited to announce that parallel testing is now available in laravel 8 starting from version 8.25 you may use the built-in artisan test command to run your test simultaneously across multiple processes to significantly reduce the time required to run the entire test suite. Um, so you just update in your application uh, the Nuno Maduro collision and the Laravel framework commands and the first time you run PHP artisan test dash dash parallel if you haven't already it will install the the necessary para, para test dependency as well and it will start running your test suite in parallel. So we've seen I've seen I don't know about we collectively, but I've seen a number of people tweeting about this since it's been released and and cutting down, you know, five minute test suites to two and a half, three minutes, cutting 50 seconds to 10 seconds, Dude, things like it's, it's huge improvements.
1: Mine was insane. Mine was way more than that. Even mm. mine was like, I think it was like a four or five minute test and it ran in like 30 seconds.
0: Mm.
1: It was crazy. Like it went so fast. Yeah.
0: It was really, really quick. So instead of running, you know, one test after the other, after the other, sequentially, you know, so each test file or each test inside that test file doing whatever it needs to do. This is now being able to say, okay, let's grab all of the tests in a file and just send them to separate processes and run them all at the same time. And it it handles, you know, maintaining a cache. If you're using cache for each of those tests, it, it manages the database connections so that you don't have That's the one. really crazy part. That's the important yeah. thing because without that, you would have a data you know, one test would start and it would build up the database and then another test is starting and they like tearing each other down so this maintains and manages all of that for you so that it works basically without any issues um, and it is seriously fast so it's even more you know laravel has always been about making testing as pleasant as possible and and helping you you know encouraging you to test and giving re- reducing that feedback loop makes that even better as well so um, definitely check that out if you haven't already the one thing that i was sad to note that i'm sure will be changed in the future release of pest is that it doesn't seem to work with pest at the moment so we'll see what happens i guess you know you know did the the parallel testing stuff for Laravel. so i'm sure he will at some point update pest if possible
1: yeah i'm sure it's on his list Mm. for sure yeah i uh i was able to get it to work locally i did not yet get it to work in our ci environment so i'll work on that next week maybe Mm -hmm. But yeah, I was very encouraged by the fact that it ran really freaking fast. So that was pretty cool. Even if just for local, yeah. it's really nice. Like to be able to cut it down really yeah. quite Especially if
0: you're working on discrete functionality in your app or you know, a new piece of functionality in your application and you're writing some tests and you change some underlying code and you know your new functionality, all of those tests pass, but then you have to go back and run the full suite. And if it's a big suite of tests, yes. then you know you could be waiting yep. a couple of minutes to find out if you just broke anything elsewhere. So, being able to do it in parallel and, and seeing everything all at once is really useful.
1: Absolutely. So, you talked about the release schedule. Uh, we're going to talk about that right now. Laravel is moving to a yearly major release cycles. so by major we mean like the major version right Mm -hmm. from eight to nine Mm -hmm. seven eight that sort of deal so they announced that effective immediately laravel is moving to a yearly release cycle on major versions instead of the six-month cycle that it's been on for the past few years so taylor said this basically the last four years laravel's released a new major version every six months i think it started at was it
0: hmm. marvel six
1: must have been was six yeah six then right? yep exactly So before adopting the semantic versioning standard, the second number in the Laravel version number changed every six months. With the adoption of semantic versioning, the first number in the Laravel version number changed every six months. However, the release cycle speed stayed the same the entire time throughout that whole transition. So even although a lot of users felt like Laravel versions were being released more frequently, they were not. Mm -hmm. They were actually the exact same speed. Over the same four years, Laravel has matured. It's solidified its position in the development as the development framework of choice for most PHP developers. So now is a good time to update the release schedule to help ease the maintenance burden on the community. So with the change, Laravel 9 that was scheduled for March has now been pushed to September of 2021. And they'll continue doing their weekly patch releases on Tuesdays. Uh, But this should make things feel maybe a little bit slower. So the new release cycle doesn't only ease the maintenance burden on the community, right? So this whole whole idea of like packages every six months, we're having to update to say like, oh, yeah, include version 8 as well. Or, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, go ahead and include version 9 as well. So if you were trying to stay up with the current version, a lot of times when you know when 8 rolled out, you had to wait a couple of weeks maybe to kind of update because your packages might not be compatible yeah. yet, right? Uh, so it not only relieves the stress on the community uh, and the, the feeling of uh, like you're being left behind, it'll also challenge the Laravel developer team to implement really good features without... Breaking backwards compatibility (laughs) so they can get them out before the next release cycle, right? So they don't want to, you don't want to wait a full year to release any features. Yeah. That's, they're going to want to push in features as quickly as they can. It's just that anything that's going to be a breaking change, they will, they will wait until the following major release to get that in. So... Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Along with that, we've got this thing called Laravel Versions. What's yes, that? Yes.
0: Laravel Versions is a new project that features release dates and timelines for security and bug fixes for all versions of of Laravel, brought to you by the lovely folks over at Titan. It currently contains all publicly known information about past and future versions of Laravel, including the latest patch release, release date, date bug fixes and and security fixes and and whether or not the version is LTS. Matt Stauffer, who who built this application, said, I needed the information in one canonical, easy-to-find place, but also wanted an API accessible, and that didn't exist. Some of the highlights of the Laravel versions site include containing all publicly known information about past and future versions, all the information in one place on the homepage for easy browsing, all the information is available via an API. You can also get general information about specific major versions by going to laravelversions.com slash version or slash API slash versions slash version. You can also get info about your app's specific version, including whether it's getting security fixes, whether there's a later patch version available, and so on and so forth. Laravel Versions is free and open source, and Matt has a few more issues open on the repository for future ideas to make it even more useful, and contributions are welcome. You can check that out at laravelversions.com.
1: That's cool, too, that it has like the LTS flag on there to show you if it's an LTS mm-hmm. release or not. Right? So it yeah. shows the last LTS release was six. The next one will be nine. That's really nice. I know that I referenced the PHP sort of version you know on occasion where i go back and see like oh yeah that's end of life as of this date or mm-hmm. whatever so this will be really nice and it's got a colorblind mode too which is actually really nice really handy yeah. if you click on the colorblind mode at the top it actually puts it all in there for you future release bug and security fixes security fixes only your end of life mm-hmm. nice job nice job titan folks we appreciate you okay Uh, That's all we've got for releases. So we're going to go ahead and do a quick sponsor read. So Scout, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, is an application performance monitoring tool designed to help us as PHP developers find and fix performance issues without having to deal with these massive applications you have to install on your server. So the nice things about this is that it has a really developer-centric UI. It's also got logic that ties bottlenecks to your source code. So you don't have to go dig around in the code. It helps you find and pinpoint Uh, Those performance abnormalities like N plus one queries, slow database queries, memory bloat, exactly where they are located. So you can spend less time debugging and more time building your code. They've got real-time alerting, weekly digest emails, and you can rest easy knowing that Scout is on watch 24-7 to help you resolve your performance issues before your customers ever see them. You can get a free 14-day trial right now experiencing firsthand by PHP developers worldwide called Scout their best friend they have a new startup pricing plan starting at just 39 dollars a month and for laravel news listeners scout will donate five dollars to the open source project of your choice when you deploy you can learn more at scoutapm.com slash laravel news
0: thanks so much scout next up we have laravel console wizard which is a package for creating multi-step wizards with complex input inside of the console its primary purpose is to collect data for file generators So the package works by defining a set of steps, and once completed, you can process data for output, generate files, or perform whatever you need to do with the data. It provides you with a text step, a multiple answer text step, a choice, a multiple choice, and a unique multiple choice step, as well as a confirm step. Uh, So this is useful if you're, for example, creating users in, in your application if you don't have a public application, for example... That you know you're not having people register. Maybe it's an internal application at your business or whatever, and you need to create users. Typically, you might pop open Tinker and just you know user colon colon create and do whatever you need to do. But then you forget you need to add it a role, or you forgot to encrypt the password, so you you know the password is not set or something like that. So using Laravel Console Wizard, you could create a make user command, and it would you know ask you all the questions: what's the name, what's the email address, and um, what's the password, or do you want to generate the password? Things like that and it will go through and at the end of it you've got all of the answers to all of the all of the steps and you can just go ahead and run that through user create for example so uh, this is a package by shomisha on github from uh, serbia so thanks very much for that. if if that's something that you are interested in or or you've you know been trying to figure out how to create a stepped application definitely do that it could be useful for authenticating apis on the command line if you need to do the whole interesting no that's a great idea uh, you know two-step dance then uh, you could probably do something like this that prompts and sends off the api request and then does all of that good stuff for you so definitely check it out
1: yeah that's a great example i mean like how many times have you had to create the same thing right like (laughs) the same exact yeah that's very nice nice job on that Okay, we've got another package called Open API Initializer. So, Open API Initializer is a Laravel package that provides a straightforward command to scaffold an Open API spec file. So, once you install the package, you just run the artisan command to walk you through the various questions to make the Open API specifications. So, PHP artisan openapi colon create. Then the plugin will walk you walk you through a bunch of questions to uh, create your specification file, such as, uh, well, actually, yeah, sorry, I'm looking. <laughs> I thought I had the questions here. It does not. But things like what the versions of the Open API you are using, uh, your contact name, email, uh, description, what URL you can find it at, et cetera, et cetera, those sorts of things. So you can find more about the, this package. to get full installation instructions and view the source code on GitHub or check out the
0: link in the show notes. All right. Next up we have... Simplifying service providers. Yeah, Laravel Package Tools is a package from Spatie that provides an opinionated base service provider you can use to stream, streamline the registration of your package's config files, migrations, commands and more. And I can't think of too many people better positioned to say that this is a good way of doing it than lovely folks over at Spatie. So this is essentially a, a package that you install when you're creating a package and you, when you create your your package's service provider, you extend from the this is going to get fun when you are creating the service provider in your package you can extend from the service provider provided by the package service provider and have a public configure package method and then you can set the name of the package file you can define whether or not it has a config file whether it has views translations migrations if there's any commands that you need to expose and uh Spassi will also provide you with a skeleton Laravel package that you can use as a template for your next package project, which uses the package tool service provider out of the box. So if you've ever found yourself in a position where you're making a package and you're constantly going back and forth to the documentation to figure out how do I add the config file, how do I do you know all of this kind of stuff, this is largely conventional. So the hasConfigFile method, for example, doesn't accept any parameters by default and it will just assume... That your configuration file is named for your package. So if your package is called Laravel news, the assumption will be that your config file will be Laravel news.php and so on and so forth. So definitely streamlining that, especially if you're uh, doing a lot of these things. So check it out if that's something that you're after.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I've, every single time we make a package, I always am like, okay, skeleton Laravel package from Spass East. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's the, the one stop shop there, right? Like you said, like few people are more qualified to, uh,
0: to basically dictate how you should do it mm-hmm. um, than Spassi. So, okay. Let's let's talk about using Basecamp's Hotwire package service functionality in Laravel. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. So Caleb
1: Porzio and Daniel Colborn, Colborn D. Cole, recently talked about Hotwire on their podcast, uh, No Plans to Merge, right? And so they talk about sort of some of the differences between this and Livewire, maybe. But if you're interested in that discussion, you should go check that out over here. But this is a package that allows you to use Basecamp's Hotwire in Laravel. So Turbo Laravel is a package that gives you a set of conventions to get the most out of Hotwire in Laravel. So Turbo is inspired by the Turbo Rails gem, which is just a Ruby package giving Laravel developers a similar experience as those developing with Hotwire in the Ruby world. Hotwire is an open source tool built by Basecamp that powers their Hey! email service, and it provides an alternative approach to building modern web applications without using much JavaScript and sending HTML instead of JSON over the wire. Turbo Laravel supports Turbo features outlined by the Hotwire documentation, and for those of you who are new to Hotwire, here are the descriptions of each technique from the website. Also, want to just mention... That Caleb and Daniel went into this sort of the listing here as well. Again, if you're interested in a little more details, you should get, definitely go check that out. TurboDrive, which accelerates the links and form submissions. TurboFrames, which decomposes your pages into different independent contexts, which scope navigation and can be loaded lazily. Uh, you have turbo streams, which deliver page changes over web sockets. And then you have turbo native, uh, which lets your majestic monolith form the center of your native iOS and Android apps with seamless transitions between the web and different native sections. So along with the, this package, there's also a Turbo Laravel test helpers companion that allows you to add macros and assertions uh, to help you uh, test your applications that are being built with Turbo Laravel. All in all, this seems like a pretty comprehensive package. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think as soon as I saw Hotwire, I knew this was on the horizon. I knew somebody was going to be building this. So yeah, nice work. I'm going to try and find out who built this.
0: It is a Tony tiny, tiny Messias. Yes from brazil okay thanks tony very cool so if any of
1: you are kind of like you know big fanboys of uh the folks over at base camp i certainly am as well yeah you might I mean, maybe you're maybe you're following this hotwire stuff pretty closely and you think hey i'd like to give that a try this is a great way to do so in your laravel app so thanks tony nice job yeah
0: all right did I put the soul query builder method in there twice? No. Gosh, relax. What is wrong with me? Relax. We talked about the soul <laughs> method being added to the framework in the eight twenty three section, but this is understanding how the query builder gotcha. method works. So as we said earlier in the show, Laravel 8.23 introduces a SOL method on the query builder, which retrieves a single record, but also has additional assertions. So SOL is useful when you need a single row from the query and assert that the query only matches one record. And it's advantageous when you expect one record, but want absolute assurance that it is the only record that exists. When more than one or less than one record exists, Laravel will throw an exception for you. So Paul Redmond, who put this article together, puts a quick demo in uh, with a quick demo application to go through you know how this works and, and what you can expect and things like that. So he's just going through tinkering in the database and, and looking at the differences differences between using the, the first method on the query builder or the get method and, and so on and so forth. So for example, a a first or fail would give you a, a model not found exception. Likewise the sole method would give you a model not found exception if the record does not exist. If it exists multiple times for whatever reason, then you would get a multiple records found exception. So this is all about making sure that there is one and only one record for a given search criteria in your database. I can't think off the top of my head when this would be useful. However, there's obviously reason for it because this was added to Rails and it has now found its way into Laravel. So uh, if you have suggestions for what you might use this for, then... Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. Absolutely. We've got this Laravel
1: string markdown macro as well. So sometimes you'll have markdown data that you just want to convert into HTML to display on your web, right, on your website. Uh, so there's a lot of modern PHP packages that make this really simple. But we can streamline the, the conversion really simply using a string macro. So we've had macroable classes and things like that inside of Laravel for a long time. Bolerovel's STR class does not currently have a method for converting Markdown to HTML out of the box. So to the rescue, our good friend, Mr. David Hemphill recently shared a cool way to convert Markdown into HTML with a simple pretty macro for the Illuminate support string class with a service provider boot method. You can define a custom Markdown method using his code that he tweeted out there on Twitterland. So Paul took and made a copy-paste-friendly version of the code in his screenshot and shared it in this post. So you can use it now to convert Markdown data into safe, renderable HTML. You could also accomplish this by defining a class and hooking it up via the service provider, but adding it as a macro works just fine. Um, so that that's great. So David Hempel making his way into the Laravel news.
0: Who would have guessed it? Just quietly. I tried to PR a Markdown helper into the framework in 2017. And I was and I was no plans to merge by Taylor. Oh my Taylor, come on. Try it again. Give it a second yeah, chance. Too late now. They'll be like,
1: it's a breaking change, version version nine, <laughs> September. That's it. Well, hey, man, I think that's that's all we've got today. This is a this is a quick one, you know? It was uh 30 minutes almost on the button. Yep. So we'll wrap it up here. This was episode 135. Thanks so much again for joining us. If you like the show, we would really appreciate it if you'd rate us up five stars and what does that help us do anyway i think they say it helps other people who have similar interests find it right there's That's a, what it there's does.
0: there's an algorithm somewhere that looks at popular podcasts and and bumps them up the list somewhere
1: those tricky apple engineers over there mm-hmm. so anyway five stars would be great of course if you have any questions hit us up on twitter we'd love to hear from you always love to hear from you and if you'd like show notes for this episode you can find them at podcast.laravelle-news.com slash 135 beautiful that's all we got folks thanks again to our sponsor scouts appreciate it and we will see you folks in a fortnight
0: yeah we yeah. will see ya